Good evening. My name is Jack Mancini, and I'm a business coach with Maximum Value Partners. And we're sitting here in Willoughby on this fine, fine Wednesday evening, watching the sun come up and set maybe within about two-hour time span. But that's okay. We'll take, we'll take a nice sunshine any day up in the wilds of the northeast part of Ohio. That's where we are. So I'm sitting here with my my longtime business partner in business coaching, his name is Adam Sunhalter, and he's itching. He's itching to talk about how to finance business or a business, and these are itches he gets from his 10 years on Wall Street, screwing around, raising money, doing valuations, having a general good time working. It's hard, it's hard for some people to understand that working can be fun, <laughs> but Adam loves to work. And he's got a lot of ideas from his Wall Street days and from his days past Wall Street, especially working with uh, MVP and the business coaching and solving all the problems that we do. We do this together pretty much, and and uh, we both learn from each other, and we help owners of small businesses learn as well and put their problems behind them. So we got several ways that we're going to kind of yap about today about uh, finding funds, financing a business, ways to do it, ways to look for it, ways to get it. And with that, I'm going to talk about the Wall Street, what do we call you, Wall Street wizard? Nah, that doesn't <laughs> fit you. But my <laughs> Wall Street friend, 10 years, 10 years uh, on Wall Street and left that behind 15, 18 years ago. So, I'm picturing, hello, I'm picturing, Adam. I'm picturing like a Merlin cap, Jack, and... Uh, some fairy dust and a wand and all that kind of stuff. That'd be perfect. Now that would fit. I could see that fitting. All right. Well, let me get that on there. Get a nice little TP going, and it'd be all good. <clears throat> well, let me, let me, let me. First of all, I, I mentioned this to you earlier, Jack. I want to wish you a very happy Pi Day. For those of you who are mathematicians, today is uh, is March fourteenth or three fourteen, three point one four, and it's uh, a. You know, many of the kids in school have Happy Pi Day. Bring pies in. So we had a pie day last week, Jack. We're having a pie day again today, which is a good thing. Almost every day should be pie day, I think. Pie day. Well, I like the black bear pie day in, in Phoenix, Arizona. I'll take that one. That but, was good. Uh, apple, apple, uh, hot apple pie a la mode. Oh, yeah. That's good that stuff. That was good. In fact, I think I'll stop on the way home tonight. No, I won't do that. No, 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 no. I'll blossom up too much. Blossom is the right word? Blossom. I like blossom. That's a I good thing. I do, too. It's a little better than whatever. So, so, yeah, so as you were talking about, Jack, we're going to talk about how do you find money for the business? How do you find minute, cash? How do, they, how do people find us? We will. I know. Oh. I'm saying that's, where, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But before we get into that, and we're going to go from Wall Street to Main Street. Because what we care about right now is more Main Street stuff, and that's really what, what we focus on with our coaching practice. If you want to be part of the show and want to talk about some money struggles you're having or ways you've tried to or had success or not some you know not success with, We'd love to hear about it, but the, the best way to get hold of us is to give us a call. As Jack said, we're live here in the studio every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, best number here is 440-946-9468. Uh, when you call that number, we'll have Kurt, who's running the board for us tonight, will call. And if you're nice to him, we'll get you on the air. If not so nice to him, then he'll probably hang up on you because we've told him to do that and not take anything from our audience. But we appreciate you being part of that. If you want to email us, you can do that, too, at radio at MaximumVP.com. Always love to hear from our our, our, our listeners, whether it be live here on the radio or we, we've got quite a few of the folks in the podcast of fear, if that's the right kind of word to use podcast for that. Podcast of fear? I like that. That's a good That's a good, dis- I like to, <laughs> that's like, a good description. I like to make up words. You know, uh, as we were talking a little earlier, Jack, I know you're not the biggest golf fan anymore, neither am I, but um, when Tiger Woods starts to come back, you know, start to gain interest in we were watching the, the last couple holes and my wife asked, said, well, what happens if they tie? Do they have a golf off? Golf off. <laughs> Golf off. That's I, good, too. I, I, so like I know that. what you mean. I said, you make out the words. With, yeah, I said, we're communicating. Said, That's a great part of the beauty of the English language is we can kind of make some stuff up. But as long as we're communicating. So uh, pod, you know, podcast fear and golf off. So th- those are all very good things. <laughs> so we want to talk tonight about how do you find money, uh, cash. You know, when, we, when we talk about the things that we do with, with our coaching clients, we boil things down to our seven keys to success. If you haven't heard about those before, you want to take a look at them, please take a look at our website, uh, MaximumVP.com. Click on the, play, uh, the MVP playbook, and you'll see a, a link there for the seven keys to success. So it's a nice little graphical there for you to kind of follow along. 
But number six on those seven keys to success can dominate an organization if that's an issue, and that is a cash flow forecast. And keep in, keep in mind out there, folks, the, the stories we tell and the subjects we cover come from the annals. The annals. It's like your new favorite word, Jack. It is. I like that. The annals of our of our coaching experiences. So we've been consumed the last couple of days as we meet with different clients every day. We've been consumed with with them, our clients, trying to get cash and try to get finance for the business. And as usual, we have a bunch of solutions for that. And uh, today is no different. In fact, today is even better. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is good, right? So, anyway. Well, and there's there's a lot of stress around cash, especially when there's not enough of it. And whether it be you've got some vendors that you've stretched out and they're now kind of clamoring to get paid. If you have a payroll that, that, that's due at the end of the week, you're not sure you have enough funds for that. And this time of year especially, we've got those impending tax bills that come up that... And this is usually a pretty ornery time of the year for, for, for us and our clients because often there's some big tax bills that are due. So it's never... People never enjoy writing those checks, but it's also it's a sign of some success you've had a chance to, and, and I, I guess you're blessed in a certain extent, Jack, that you, you have to write a check for to, to pay taxes, whether you agree with them or not. Now, that, that means that, that, that you're doing well and you've got some profits, but again, there are different cash demands that, 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 that go to a business, and there are different ways to go about getting money. And so what we want to talk about tonight, kind of address some of the more basic ones that people may, may kind of be aware of, and maybe they've tried uh, with some mixtures of success or not. And then some other ones that, that are a little bit more maybe creative and kind of more out of the box people have maybe, maybe haven't thought about or maybe kind of curious what we mean by that. So let me just hit at a very high level. I won't go into detail yet. I just want to hit at a high level some of the topics we're going to try to cover tonight, Jack, and then we can kind of take, you know, kind of tick them off one by one. But uh, for those of you kind of taking some notes out there or, or, or listening, um, here's some... better be taking notes. Well, here's some, here's some areas <laughs> that, that, that you can go to get money. Uh, one is a bank. Uh, two would be investors. Three would be a competitor. Competitor? Yeah, we'll get into that. Don't worry. Yeah, number, all num- right. Number four could be a vendor. <clears throat> number five could be some asset sales. And number six could be some factoring. So Wait, I got a couple other ones, too, that I just, uh, all right. just thought of here. Online, online funds like crowdfunding just as one. There's many of those out there now since crowdfunding, I think, was one of the first ones. But there are many, many sources online uh, today that, that you can, you know, obtain money from. And also IRAs, your IRAs, the, the laws on being able to use those funds have changed. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I'm an expert at it because I'm not. I'm far from it. But <clears throat> you can use that money in your IRA to get selected assets and, you know, the, the, go through the qualifying process. So that's another good source of bucks. Okay. So eight is enough. Eight is enough. All right. Great show back in the 70s. I remember that with uh, Dick Van Patten. I remember him. And Adam Rich and a bunch of other people in between. Oh, I can't remember. I, uh, those were the two... <laughs> The two that stick out. Adam or Dick Van Patten. Dick Van Patten. Dick Van Patten, right? Yeah. yeah. He had a comb over. That's what I remember about him. I met him. I remember Adam Richie. <laughs> he, he had a great name. Adam. That's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rich it is. Enough. It's wonderful. All right. It so, is. It's a wonderful name. All right. So in his last name, actually, he's Rich, which ties into the cash. It's probably good. Okay. Anyway, <clears> let's let's touch on the first one there, okay? Banks. Now, if, if you're in business... Chances are you have a bank, and you may have a relationship, may not have a, a relationship. Uh, usually the banks like to start their relationships by taking your money. All right, you come in and we'll open a checking account or a savings account, so they're going to take your money in. That's how they, they, they like to do business that way to start with, Jack. That's how they feel. That's the first step. It's kind of, uh, kind of creepy when you think about it that way, right? There are other people who like to start relationships that way too where it's hey give me some money and i'll and i'll, and I'll, I'll do right. some stuff That's, for you uh, yeah, you're you're right adam <laughs> so um but w- one of the the dirty secrets and again that's what the show is called dirty secrets of small business one of those dirty secrets is that there's this black hole when it comes to banks and when our clients think our clients are, are are typically small companies that that are anywhere between one to 25 employees there's a black hole, and there's, there can often be tremendous intimidation when going to meet with or talk with a banker. And many owners are 
are in fear about what, almost more what not to say, so that the, the, they won't say the wrong thing. And they have some some irrational fears about what the bank can do. Because, again, if you go through and get a bank loan, and if you've done that, you, you know, you've had to sign some documents. Uh, maybe you read them, maybe you didn't. Maybe you understood them when you read them, maybe you didn't. But, again, you, you sign some stuff so, you can, get, so you, you, you can get some money from the bank. This is when, after you've given them some money for deposits for a while, you may go try to borrow some money. And paid some fees. That's right. And then when you do walk in, you're looking at, Usually a man still, but a lot of women in in the business now. But the men will be wearing ties and a suit. Maybe uh, sweaters. Maybe sweaters. <laughs> the so better ones you, wear sweaters. How do you feel when you walk in, giving somebody your money? Here he's standing here with a suit and a tie on. And he cracks a smile, and the smile is not genuine. <laughs> <laughs> is he folding his arms over like you are, Jack? We're not very welcoming, kind of like, hey. Pretty much, just close in. The body language is flying around. Close in, close those arms in. Nobody's going to penetrate me. Well, because uh, believe it or not, even though they're closed off like that sometimes, you know, and they can appear that way, whether they, they, they physically have that or they they just appear that way, you know, the banks are in the business of lending money to people. That's how they make a lot of their money. By, I by, thought by, they by, were by in the business of wearing suits. That's <laughs> that's how they that's how they fund all those suits, Jack. Oh, okay, but, you know, that's all right. But they get it from lending out some money, which yeah, they'll they'll, they'll earn some interest on, but they also charge some fees of those things. But it can be a very intimidating experience Wait, going so in. Here, here comes here here comes one of our business owners, and we have several, many, many, we have many clients, and uh, they're walking in, and the first thing they see is a suit and a tie. They don't even many of them don't even have a suit. So isn't there a disconnect there right away? Sure, there's an automatic stiffening of the posture. It's like, uh-oh. That's right. What did I just walk into all of a sudden? I'm very uncomfortable. It feels very awkward, and I'm not quite sure what to do other than, I, again, I, I want to tell them as little as possible. It's almost like going in to meet an attorney where you're being deposed for the first time. You aren't quite sure what to expect, and um, you only kind of want to answer questions that are asked and only speak when, sp- well, you know, when, when spoken to, that kind of stuff, where you're, again, you're afraid of revealing too much information where you're kind of keeping them at a, an arm's length at best, almost kind of pushing them away because it's just, yeah, again, all you want to do is is get that line of credit or get a loan for a piece of equipment. That get in and get out. If you could do it online all 100%, you'd, you'd grasp it in a second. So, yeah, it's the the, the bank is, is first stop. I think it's more traditional than desirable. And our clients, after they work with us for a while, know how to go into a bank with confidence and navigate their way through a loan and present, present like very few small business owners can. So that's the secret, if you will. The, one of the dirty secrets, boy, a couple dirty secrets already. One of the dirty secrets is, is know how to talk to a banker or anybody who you're going to try to get money from. Know how to do it, have the right kind of information, and basically you will be confident, and that's what wins over with the right information. Assuming the information is is reasonably uh, inspirational here, let's put it that way. All right, so of course we're up against our first break already, Jack. This always goes so fast. We'll come back and give you a little more ideas in terms of what kind of financing you can get from a bank real quick, and then we'll jump into our next topic as well. So stay tuned for learning more about how do you find money for your business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're here to fill your pockets with cash. (laughs) Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Back and at it here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you again for listening this week. Uh, we love having our, our live listeners here on WINT here in the, the east side of Cleveland, but also our, our folks out in the podcast who are very loyal listeners. And uh, we know you're enjoying the show, and we know you're going to love tonight's topic, which is how do you find money, how do you find cash for your business. We're having a lot of fun talking about this, Jack. We just got kind of started on this, and I'm, I know we, 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 we laid out kind of what we'd like to cover tonight, and it's always the case where I think we, we might have too much to cover, which is okay. This could be a good couple shows here. That's so right. here's a here's a gum chopping jack to to, to take over. Gum for a chopping. I'm waving. I'm <laughs> waving to the stream of people out there, uh, by the tens of thousands. I know they're they're waving back. I can feel the wave. Oh, I, I can feel it. <laughs> the waves coming coming crashing in here. Right. That's right. That's right. 
Right. So we're talking how to fill your pockets with cash. First thing you have to do is have pants and a shirt and or a jacket so that deep, you have deep pockets. pockets. Deep That's pockets. right. And you can walk away with those pockets full of cash if you listen to our advice tonight. At least, I don't know if it's advice or a little bit of advice mixed in with how to, how to get cash, where to get cash. So, right. That's right. Yes. We, so we're talking about a handful <laughs> of places to go to get cash. We started with one that, that, that most people are probably familiar with, which is a bank. And some of the things you might go to a bank for, Jack, would include a line of credit. Which line would be, of credit. So what, what a line of credit, again, it's, it's money that's there that, that you can draw upon and pay back during the course of the year that can help fund, um, whether it be uh, delays in payments from, from customers or years, or it might be, but it helps to fund the operation of the business. The idea is that you, know, you you would draw it down. You know, you borrow some money and pay it back during the course of the year. Boy, that sounds boring, doesn't it? Well, but it's 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 a cheaper version of a credit card. That's the second way. You, you know, many banks offer credit cards. The interest rates on credit cards, as I'm sure most of you know, are going to be in the teens or twenty percent. So it could be expensive money if you carry carry balances over. Whereas lines of credit usually are more in the the four to eight percent range. So it's 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 much cheaper money from that standpoint if you're going to have some some uh, some balances on those loans. Or you can go to try to get equipment loans. Right, if you want to buy a piece of equipment, you know, the <laughs> banks are often a good place to kind of go for that. And depending on the bank, certain banks have ha- have more of a desire for that. But you know, most banks like those tangible assets. So you know, if you're going to go to a bank, that's kind of some stuff to, 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 to think about going to them for. If you, know, if you have a company that's that, that, you know, where you don't have too much in terms of assets, maybe not a good history, a bank may not be the best place to go. You know, if you're a little earlier on or you have some pretty significant growth plans you're looking for and you need some pretty sizable bucks, you want to, you know, if you want to get a half a million or a million or a couple million dollars, uh, the bank may not be the good place to go, Jack. Well, I would, I would agree with that. Banks are, uh, it depends. It depends on the situation. You know, they, they have to be, I, I, I am more interested in relationships. So if the relationship is good, I like to do business with that. I don't like bankers who are arrogant and and full of themselves. It makes it more difficult to feel good about trying to get money from them. We know one banker out of the hundreds that we've met, one banker, the guy's name is Chris Willman. We like him so much we use his name on the show all the time. And he he is a guy who listens and acts and does extraordinary things to help people get money. We love the guy, and we can't understand why there aren't more bankers who are like Chris Willman. Why is that, Adam? You got all the answers tonight. This I do. Is, this is your turf. I do. Often the, 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 the bankers aren't thinking about their, their customers. They aren't thinking about relationships like you're talking about, Jack. They're thinking about how do they hit their own personal goals for different, uh, different things that, that they have kind of going on. I can hear the chomping in the background. It's good. It must be good gum we got chomping on there, Jack. That's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. I only I only chomp when I get distracted. That's right. When he, get ex- when, he, when he gets excited, he's thinking about big big piles of pockets full of cash. He starts chomping away. So the the, the banks, that, as, as Jack, you know, as you alluded to a little earlier, one of the things we help our clients do is help them understand how to present to the banks and what kind of goes on. And often the case, you know, what the banks, again, the <laughs> banks are not necessarily risk-taking institutions. Again, as I mentioned before, they're in the, the business to, to loan money, but they aren't necessarily in the business to take some, some, some substantial risk. That's not what they want to do. They want to get their money back. And so if, if you have some um, not, so, uh, not such good financial results, let's say, if all of a sudden you've got a lot more debts than you do assets, if you maybe you've had some losses, uh, the banks aren't going to be necessarily the best place to go. Or you have some, again, if you have some uh, aggressive growth ideas, they aren't necessarily the ones necessary to fund that. That's more where the second uh, uh, set that we mentioned might come in, which would be investors. So what do investors look like? And there's a couple different ones I'll just kind of throw out here. We can talk about them a little bit, Jack. There's kind of the, the, the first line of defense here, the first people you go to, which would be, which would be friends and family, folks who, who kind of know, like, and trust you quite a bit. The next every, everybody, almost every company, small business starts with that. Yeah, usually it may start with, with the owner's got some money or, or they're tapping into some things, they have some savings, or they, yeah, they, they may go borrow from their uncle, their grandfather, their mother, father, whoever, right. wherever they are in the line. And yeah, but very typical. Usually they're a much easier creditor than the banks. From the standpoint, they'll be looking at some of the stuff, but they'll, they'll take a bet on you 
uh, more, and they won't necessarily require you to give them money, give them money to first to start the relationships. So friends and family, again, that can be that can be dangerous. So too, again, yeah, right. some people don't right. want to mix business and personal stuff. Um, so that may not be something that, that people want to try. So what the next level might be is what is what is, are known as angel investors, Jack. And Angels. Those are, those are the folks at the wings yeah. and the halos, and they come fluttering down, and they have those bags of cash they drop right into your pockets, right? They're and the ones, are okay, they're the ones who do that. All right. And you see them, you know, if, you look, if you look up in the night skies, Jack, you can see them kind of starting to float their way Looking down. Looking for pockets to fill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so... If you're in a, a reasonably sizable metropolitan area, chances are you have, whether it be some individual angels or what's happened a lot in, in the last probably five to ten years, a lot of these angels have gotten together. So what, what these angels typically are, they're typically wealthy individuals who may be wealthy from family money. They may be wealthy from um, folks who had owned companies that they've sold off. They've made investments pretty well. But they, again, they're, they're folks, these are individuals who have some money that, 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 that they're looking to invest. Recently, they've gotten gotten together in in many uh, metropolitan areas where they formed groups. So, like here in the Cleveland area, that there's a Cleveland Angel Fund. There's one down in Columbus. So they're, again, they're, they're, if you look at any kind of major metropolitan area, chances are there's going to be one or two or three angel funds are there that are going to have 20, 30, 40, 100 different uh, individuals who are kind of coming together where they meet regularly. Aren't there a lot of bankers in that group? Not necessarily. There might be some. Yeah, so you mean bow tie guys that you're talking about? Bow tie guys. Bow tie, yeah. Bow tie guys from Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what, what happens is, is they'll be from all walks of life, and they'll usually get together regularly. What they, the reason that they started to kind of come together is they started to realize that it was pretty inefficient for somebody looking to get an investment from angels to have to go from one to the other to the other to the other. Versus, hey, let's bring them all together. We can now have these folks present once to the group and see if it makes sense for somebody in that group or not to be able to invest. Almost a version of Shark Tank. People are, f- are pretty familiar with Shark Tank. So picture, you know, the angels are kind of a version of Shark Tank. That's kind of what those guys are doing on Shark Tank. They're kind of coming in as angel investors, where it's usually an earlier stage company, and they're they're investing some money in folks. But that's a version of what the angels would be. It's kind of a more of a dramatic version of it, Jack. That's kind of I think it's probably a good comparison for and where that's where the folks the, are. the show, the excitement of the show is uh, watching the people trying to get money to fill their pockets, and basically how they present. And that's the essence of the show. Well, that's true for any any type of person or lending situation or investing situation. The people who are going to part with their money generally want to be impressed. And, and by impressed, they're going to be looking at you, who's asking for this money in one form or another. They're going to be looking at you to get excited about that. So how you present, as Adam said at the opening of the show, is huge. That's the number six on our on our seven keys to success. Number seven. Cash flow is number six. Cash flow is number six. <laughs> Sorry. The Germans are, the Germans are no, bombing Pearl Harbor, but I, I didn't interrupt you, Jack. Number presentation seven. <laughs> is number seven. And and how you present is everything. And on a on a program like Shark Tank, basically that's that's a big deal. You know, you get people smiling and audiences clapping and cheering. Uh, on that show, but you know that that's what gets money. I mean, plus the idea has to be sound. But f- for the most part, that's what it's all about: how you present yourself. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Jack. You, you, you'll see investments that get made on that show, and you're scratching your head thinking it's the dumbest idea ever. When we step back at it and, and look at it through through the lens of presenting, the person who's who's presenting, how they present. Is often again they, they they touch on our our seven keys as, as they present the, their story and they present well. That presentation and that command of the business alone will will entice people to invest. Even if, again, if you or I think it's the dumbest idea ever. And this, on the flip side, we, we, we may see something that seems like the greatest idea ever, but the person presenting has no clue what they're doing, and the confidence meter goes way down in terms of what's going on. And they, they may say, hey, that's a great idea, but I'm not investing in, in that girl or that guy. But sure. let me find somebody else who has the idea. That, that, again, because they're, they're starting to bet on you as the owner. That's right. If you're, if you're lacking confidence, if you're mumbling along, if if your ideas really aren't connected and coherent, uh, okay, people will want to get you off that stage pretty quick. So it's important. Presentation is very important, and it is number seven on the... It is. Yes. This is only the second thing we've touched on. We're, we've got about a minute to go here before, before break, Jack. Somebody has touched on two other areas of investors, and we'll have to head to break. So we've touched on friends and family, 
and then angels, or uh, given that Shark Tank example. And then you have two other ones which are more, uh, you know, you know, more heavy hitters. Come back to, to, to my Wall Street days here: venture capitalists and private equity firms. And now these aren't necessarily wealthy individuals. These these are folks who raised some money that that they that they've gotten from, from other wealthy people or wealthy institutions that they're now investing on their behalfs. And that you know that becomes even more uh, a little bit more daunting going to talk to those folks. Um, lots of suits and ties in there, unfortunately. And so those oh, those yeah. are some other areas in terms of investors as far as where they might be. But yeah, you know, we'll touch about that a little bit more when we come back to break. We'll get when we come back to break. We'll talk about some more creative ways, like talking to your you know getting your competitors, yeah, or your I vendors, hear to do those, that stuff, right? The competitors and uh, you know definitely. That's right. All right. So stick around after we get back in the break. We'll talk about some more creative ways to get some money for your business. So stay tuned to that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And I'm chewing gum because I just had a great, wonderful meal at Dino's. Two or three? Three. Dino's Dino's three three. in Willoughby. Excellent, excellent. High garlic content on the spaghetti and meatballs. There you go. Stay, Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets and garlicky secrets here on Integrity Radio. Uh, WINT 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. All right, welcome back to the Dirty Secrets of Small Business and the Dirty Secrets of Garlicly Italian Meatballs from Dino's 3. We're uh, having a good time tonight talking about... Garlicky meatballs, (laughs) but... The the gum the, the gum the, the, the gum is necessary the gum chomping so you'll you'll get that in the background it's not crickets going around it's Jack <laughs> chomping gum so we're talking tonight about how do you find money for a business we covered some of the more boring I don't say more boring but more of the standard yeah, topics kind of boring you know yeah. I mean people who have seen those people in action are boring and we can well, we can I help with that stuff okay I know but we that's can. it's stuff that people can probably relate to they've thought about before we want to get into some they things don't, they don't like us because we always show up in jeans and we <laughs> we knock them all the time. <laughs> So they hold themselves out for a knock, right? For knock. Knocking. Like, we knock them. I'm thinking of gnocchi, but okay. Remember? Yeah, so you got me in an Italian mood now. I'm thinking about gnocchi instead of knocking. But Gnocchi. Oh, that's uh, gnocchi are garlicky, too, at Dino's 3. <laughs> yeah. Dino's 3 got a new, new, a new renovation. Yeah. Yes, a new renovation in the kitchen so they can pour out more of that wonderful food faster. That's good. Willoughby, Dino's 3. They're not paying for this. This is just... Uh, a very happy customer. Right, we're getting everybody pretty hungry talking about that and the pies earlier on. So we got, we got, we got. <laughs> if nothing else, we're gonna, we're gonna whet the appetites of our, of our, of our listeners with some good food and good thoughts. All right. Yes. So let's get into some more creative ways to finance, Wait, you Jack. Said so apple pie with ice cream. I know I, apple pie a la mode. The but black warm. bear. The black. That had to be warm. Has right. to be warm. The black bear in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> that was the last ditch try. Couldn't find, couldn't find apple pie with ice cream. We were searching all night. <laughs> we found it, no problem. It was well worth the search and no problem at all. Yes. All right, so we covered some of the more standard approaches to find money, which is banks and investors. Let's get a little more creative here, Jack, in terms of how can a, uh, an owner go find some additional money. So let's talk about one people probably wouldn't even think about, let alone they're going to get spooked when we mention the word, Jack, which is how about going to your competitor oh to get God. some money? Oh, my God, the thought, the thought just drains blood from my brain. So... Let me paint a little picture, and you can jump in here, Jack. You know, here's one way that, that that you can tap into a competitor to help fund your business. Jack and I are very big fans of the idea of brokering stuff. Okay, so what does that mean? If you're able to broker stuff, if you're able to sell things, so you have some sales that are coming in, and you aren't able to produce or fulfill an order because maybe you've got a cash pinch going on. So you aren't able to, 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 to find supplies of stuff. You aren't able to, 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 to go buy the product. Whatever it might be, you aren't able to do that. But you have some orders that are there. And, man, if you just have the cash to be, be able to go buy that stuff and sell it to those customers, you can make some money. Well, if you have those orders, those are some pretty darn valuable orders. Darn right. Now, what would a competitor of yours say if you came by and said, Hey, Jack, I know we're competitors here, but I got some orders here. I'm trying to sell Kurt some stuff, and I just can't fund it. But, boy, he's ready to buy it. Would you be able to fulfill those orders for me, and and and, and we can work on a on a split of some of the profits here for uh, for your trouble here, Jack? Boy, what a great idea that would be, Adam. If I were your competitor and you came up to me and offered me that, I'd say I'd say, but a lot of them would turn it away. But I would say hell yes, and the reason I do that 
because I know the industry. I know the guy asking me for a little financial help, and it's really not help. And if you look at it as help, that turns a lot of people off. But if you look at it as a business deal, I have these orders, they total X bucks, and I'm willing to share the profits on those. And you can come over and you can kick the tires on them because some of them might have tires. And you can basically you can basically get comfortable with splitting the profits on an order for me. I'm behind the eight ball a little bit. I hate to let this order go, and we together could kind of do it. Now, why wouldn't a good business person strongly consider that and basically do it? And, you know, negotiate. Negotiate on both sides a little bit. But, you know, you're, you're going to generally go to somebody who you know in the industry anyway. You aren't going to go to a guy walking off the street. Well, so you so probably have credibility. You got uh, uh, certainly you're known to him and the products he knows or she knows. And it could be an excellent, excellent deal. And we call that brokering, you know, bringing deals What's the difference between that and a salesman or an independent salesman, a 1099 guy? Uh, what's the difference? There is no difference. It's just a little creative, and most people don't do it. No, there's no there's no difference here. And I, you know, if I could put it a little different spin. Well, well I was going to answer your question first, which you said, why wouldn't somebody do it? You, you would do it as a no-brainer. And I have one word, that's paranoia. Paranoia. Uh, okay. Yeah, we've we've discussed a lot. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a there's a healthy level of paranoia, but there's also a paralyzing level of paranoia. And when it comes to competition, we are huge fans of talking to every competitor you can talk to and get to know them. And don't be afraid. People are afraid that they're going to give away the you know the the best kept secret ever, whatever it might be, and, and so they get so spooked and worried about it. It's almost worse than going to talk to a banker, Jack. If you had to ask an owner, you want to go talk to a suit and tie banker, or go talk to your to, to your top competitor. I guess most of them would probably you know, nine out of ten would probably choose to go talk to that suit and tie banker, right there. <laughs> yeah, they probably would. Which is which is absolutely silly because they have so much more in common usually with that competitor. That's and, right. And so the the, the the paranoia that's there, you know, the, 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 all the thoughts you mentioned, Jack, hey, I, you know, I'm embarrassed to ask for help. I might be showing a sign of weakness. Versus, hey, come in, have a positive outlook on it. Look at it as more of an opportunity. And so let me give it a little, a, a little different flavor on that. You know, you know let's say, you, you, you know, this is we we're talking more about maybe kind of a, a distribution business or maybe a manufacturing business in terms of kind of producing a product or, or delivering a product. You could do this too in a service business, okay? If all of a sudden you're, you're providing some sort of services, and you know, you got some engineering services, so something like that, where, where again your people are kind of maxed out in terms of what your your folks can do. Well, why wouldn't you go tap into to a competitor there as well? That's right. And There's no, no reason why. Hey, that was two no's, but no reason. <laughs> like two no's makes a yes. All right. No, no there reason was, why you wouldn't do something like that. You like doing it again? <laughs> you got the double nose coming here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Skip, skipping a beat. Yes, so, I do. Let's go so, back to Dino's. <laughs> so we didn't any drink any wine at Dino's yet either. That's all right. No, so, no drinking. No, not before we get on the air. That's so, right. So, so going to the competitors <laughs> that way, and that's it's often a way to to, to, to kind of grow. It's, if you're in a service business, often there are a lot of independent folks who are out there. Okay, and so you may already be doing this. You know, you may not think about that independent consultant as you know being a competitor of yours because it, it, maybe it's a a one guy or one gal show, uh, but they, they again they, if they're providing certain skills that that you do, uh, they could be viewed as a competitor. Why not tap into them again? That's another, another way. Again, it's almost you know there's a lot of ways to think about this, but again, the idea of going to your competition, where again if you're able to to generate sales, because that's usually a problem that most companies don't have. That hey, and, and, and we talked to to, to 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 business owner and mentioned hey, do you have the problem having too many sales? Okay, again, nine, a nine out of ten or nine out of hundred will say, oh, "Gee, I, I wish I had that problem, Jack." That's, you, a, that's, a, good, that's you, a good problem to have, right? Are you crazy? You know, of course they would. It's, well, it's, it's a good problem. Have, they, they always are looking <laughs> for more sales. Well, it's a good problem to have when you've never had it. Yeah, you know, much like hey, going through some 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 growing pains. You know, that's a good problem to have too. Well, again, if you're from the outside looking in, you've never been through it. Yes, that can be viewed as a good problem to have, but. At the end of the day, tapping into your competitors because, again, if you come to them, here, these are sales that they wouldn't have otherwise, and this is profit you wouldn't be able to get otherwise because you'd have to pass on that 
or delay on it so far that maybe you actually lose the business and create some damage for a customer. You know, so. this is this is such a unique idea for so many people that they're afraid of it. They're they're afraid of new ideas that that their peers haven't talked about nor have they talked about or done, especially done. They can't understand it, they can't get their head around it. How can I go to a competitor and split a deal? If if you keep talking talking about it like we are and making those or uttering those phrases, you're going to all of a sudden understand it. It's a great way to go. And what, what happens is that if it's successful, and it should be, then you've created a friend in this competitor, and more things start to come on the table in a collaborative way, or you can find ways to do business in you know, many different ways. Now all of a sudden you've got a partner. He's a competitor. Maybe you end up making an acquisition, maybe some type of merger, maybe split some purchasing costs on common products. Who cares if he makes money? You know, who cares? As long as I'm making money right along with the process. It's okay. It's okay to do, and it works. So anyway. Be, so be open to that. And, and again, the, the, the creativities are very important. Uh, this can be done on a handshake deal. And again, we encourage you if you haven't if you haven't done this already to start to get out and get to know your your, your competition. Go have coffee with them. Go have beers with them. Go go have a lunch. Go whatever it is that that you enjoy doing, they enjoy doing. Go do something to get to know them a little bit, and it, it'll start to take that paranoia that you have, start to break it down as you realize that that they aren't that different from you. In fact, they may be more like you than you want to admit. Which is okay. There's ways you can help each other. At the end of the day, for most companies and most industries, there's enough business to go around. And if you're if you're embracing that, and if you're if you're trying to embrace them that way, embrace the opportunity that way, you're going to have some more success, and you'll see that you know your competition can be a way to find cash for your business. Very good. All right. Absolutely. All right. Let's touch on the next one here. I know we have, we have a break coming up here in a couple minutes. Let's let's get started on on this other one. It's another one that's a little bit outside the box, which which would be your vendors. Now, are you talking about stiffing the vendors? Hold on, so let me get yeah. So, all so right. one of the ways I think most people are may, maybe I'm more holding, familiar with I'm holding my pen, holding pattern. All right. So, one of the ways people are probably more familiar with in terms of vendors helping to, to provide cash for your business is maybe stretching stretching them out. And chances are, if you've been in business for a while, you've been on on the receiving end of that too, where customers of yours will stretch things out. What does stretching out mean? Get a hammock and. Lay in the warehouse or lay in the main part of the office? That's right. Get in, bring your blankets, your pillows, stretch out, kick back, throw on some good music, maybe a little you know, a little uh, luau kind of going on. That, not you know, bad. No, that's not a bad a, alternative a, to trying make sure to run my some, business. Some garlicky meatballs and some, and some apple pie a la mode. It's good with that. <laughs> All right. So, no, stretching them out. So you've got your terms. My, hey, my terms are 30 days or due upon receipt or 15 days, four, four, whatever it might be, might be. Let's say it's 30 days as far as when you expect payment. And all of a sudden they start paying you in 45 days or 60 days or 90 mm. days. Damn them. Oh, it's a very common way. It's a, it's a very common way that big companies will utilize. We've had clients say, say how come the big guys... They're always using us little guys to finance their business. That's right. They're all of a sudden 90 got, days. Well, you have no leverage against them. Yeah, today. 90 days, it's from the from the time you bill, and you can only bill me once a month. And so really it's more like 120 days or 150 days. And you got to tap into my system, which is going to cost you some money to get paid, all this kind of stuff. Where all of a sudden they're starting to tap into you, and you tap into them. So tapping into your vendors in, in terms of kind of stretching those payables out is one way to do it as well. That's and that's more typical, and, and you, know, you may not have done it on purpose. It may have just kind of happened because hey, you got to make payroll, so I'm not going to miss payroll, but I may miss a payment to a vendor. You kind of balance those things. So that's one way. But again, a, a more creative way to that might be going to them and asking them to provide some money for you. How excellent is that? So most people probably <laughs> have never thought about that. So we're going to pause that. Think about that. Going to a vendor and asking them for some money. To be able to whether it be do some type of a deal or it might be, but I want you to chew on that while while, while, while we're heading to break. I think it's something that people need to digest a little bit, Jack, because we're talking about all this food I stuff think too. You're right? Yeah. So all think the food, about all the all the pockets being filled. So, I agree. So as we go to break, think about going to a vendor and asking them for some money to help fund something and get some cash in your business. So I'm Adam Sunhalter. We'll talk about that more when we come back. And I'm Jack Mancini. And all this all this talk of stuffing pockets with cash and eating at Dino's. It's making me want to go back to Dino's again. <laughs> <Stay> <laughs> maybe that's what we should do after we leave. All right. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio. 
1330 AM and online at wintradio.com. All right, we're back again with, uh, as it seems to be every week, Jack, it's faster and faster on the fastest hours in radio here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We're in our final segment again today talking about how do you find cash money for your business, Jack? That's right. You've, not, you've, you've laid out a number of sources, and the big thing that, that comes through to me so far is the presenting yourself to these sources. If you can't present your company and your opportunity that you're trying to fund, if you can't do it well, and we know how to define well, if you can't do it well, your chances of getting your money are very low, and rightfully so. Again, if you're mumbling, got your hands in your pocket, kind of head down, kicking the tires, and even though there aren't any tires, no one's going to give you anything. you got to be confident, and confidence is built and comes from knowledge. And if you got knowledge and you have a little personality and you have that confidence coming through, your pockets are going to get filled with cash. All right, so when we went to break, Jack, we gave people something to chew on, which was, again, we're talking about finding more unusual ways to find cash money for your business. And one that we talked about at going to break was vendors. And it wasn't just the part about dragging out accounts payable, but it was actually going to a vendor to ask them for some money to fund something as part of your business. So why would you go to a vendor to ask for money? Better terms. I want to build a relationship. Chances are it's going to be much less hassle. It's going to be more enjoyable. Those are a few. Yeah, it's somebody you've been doing business with before. And it could be, again, it could be a current vendor or it could, could even be a prior vendor. But somebody you've got a relationship with where you've, you've bought and sold products or services in the past. And they understand you. They understand your business. They, they have a history with you. So they understand and they've, if they have history, they've, they've probably been through some ups and down cycles with you. And they see how you react. That's very important. When you, you, know, you mentioned a key word a couple seconds ago, Jack, about relationships. And a big part of relationships is not how you deal with the good times, because most people are going to react pretty well to good times. That's right. It's how you handle the bad times. And that's where the the true character and the character flaws start to kind of come out. And if you've been through that with somebody, you've kind of been through those trenches, so to speak, there's going to be a very good bond that's there. And so why wouldn't you go to somebody like that who's a very trusted person and again, coming back to, you know, Jack and I, you know, to, to those of you who don't know us, are, are, are really handshake kind of guys. And that's something that's gone away in today's litigious society where people are always worried about getting sued or getting screwed. And we're very big on handshakes and betting on people and finding good people because good people are going to do what they say. It's, you know, it's, uh, you, you remember the, the, the movie Jerry Maguire, right, Jack? Absolutely, and, uh, we're. And yeah. Bo Bridges' character, he's playing, he's, like, he's the dad of, the, of, of the, the, the big stud recruit or you know, from the, 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 the quarterback, and he shakes Jerry Maguire's hand and says, hey, you know, my word is as good as oak, right? And then what happens, so, you know, tw- 20 minutes later, he goes back, <laughs> goes back on his word, right? So many people don't know what integrity is or means. They, they never heard of the word. So well, also vendors, vendors, the people you're describing, Adam, they're business people, and somebody comes to them with a deal to borrow money, add interest, collateral if necessary. They're, they, they know each other in, in the business world. they got a ton of stuff in common. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they take that? Why wouldn't, if I'm a vendor and you come to me with a deal, why wouldn't I listen to that deal or listen to what you're proposing and, hey, I can make some money. I can make some money on this deal. Why wouldn't I focus on that versus, hey, he's coming to me to, what, screw me? To uh, He's in big trouble. He's going to go over the cliff, and I give him money, and I'm going to lose everything. You know, I can do a little due diligence to, to comfort, but I could try this out. And all of a sudden, I got a great source, not only of, of perhaps making some profits by being a bank to him, but basically to collaborate on other things. We could become good, trusted friends. Boy, how how valuable is that? And hardly anybody does that. Uh, you know, and it's again come back to my paranoia comment, Jack. I think most people are paranoid and afraid of what people are going to see. Versus, hey, again, if I'm a vendor of yours, and you know, you and I have made money together in the past, right? So this is just another way for you and I to be able to make money and and to maybe take uh, you know take 
advantage of some opportunities and, and understanding if I'm a small business owner, chances are my pockets may not be as deep as your pockets, Jack, or may not have access to as many resources as you, as you do. And so come in and say, hey, I'm presenting, presenting opportunity. And again, I'm not some guy coming off the street who you haven't met. We have that relationship. So the, you know, the need for some you know, detailed diligence you know, often isn't there because, again, we, we, we know each other. That's it comes, right. It comes back That's to, a to, big, big factor. It comes back to that, to, to that high trust level. So a couple of those out-of-the-box things we touched here in the last couple, a couple of examples, folks. Again, going to competitors, the idea of kind of maybe brokering is one simple idea, or, or again, be able to tap into them. And the vendors, again, be able to go there and, and be able to ask for the money and be able to present that way, to, to, to be able to seize certain opportunities. And there's, again, creative ways to kind of to kind of find some money for your business. So now we only got about five minutes to go on the show, so we, uh, I want to at least touch a little bit on the, the other ones we kind of touched on at the beginning of the show. Jack, we can't go into the great detail about it, but one of the ones we talked about was, was asset sales. So what the heck does that mean? That's why that fancy word, assets, uh, that people may find on a balance sheet, and all of a sudden people's brains are kind of wandering around a bit, perhaps, right? It's all that hard stuff, that hard equipment stuff. <laughs> hard stuff. That's, that's uh, so sit, sitting in your office, sitting in your factory. Yeah, you may have some old equipment. In your warehouse. Yeah, some old equipment. You know, some old. And again, it could be it could be machinery and equipment. It could be old computers. It could be it could be whatever. It could be old inventory. Okay, but you have some stuff that's on the, you know the, the, that's on the shelves. You know, we, we've had several retail clients over the years. And you'll be hard-pressed to find people who fall more in love with their product than folks who own retail companies, where they have stuff on the shelves. And Jack and I are very, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for here, uh, um, very objective, okay, in terms of we see the shelves, we see dollar bills sitting on the shelves. That's right. We don't see, you know, whether it be, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the coolest uh, piece of equipment or, or, you know, a pretty vase or a pretty piece of jewelry, whatever it might be, we don't see that. We see cash money sitting there, and if it's not working, it's gathering some dust. Hey, you know what? I don't care if you if if, if the if you paid a hundred bucks for it. If somebody will pay you fifty for it now, and or seventy five bucks for it now, get rid of it and turn that cash into something else that's going to sell, versus just sit there and kind of collect dust. Same thing's true for that old equipment that's there. I know. Hey, you, you, it was a, it's a great old machine for, and you're able to do great things with it. You know, twenty, fifteen, twenty years ago. But boy, it's just taking up space, and it's there. And if you melt the darn thing down, you can make you can make some money and kind of do something with it. But get it out of the way, and you can you, you can turn some things in, into cash relatively quickly with you know with today's online abilities to be able to kind of list things and kind of put things out there. There's a lot of ways to be able to try yeah, cleaning, to tap cleaning, into that. Cleaning up an office or a warehouse or work area kind of uh, lifts people's spirits. Nothing worse than seeing old, not used equipment sitting in a corner or worse, sitting closer to the center of the floor and just gathering dust. It, it's, it, you know, it's just not, <laughs> not the way to do it. Uh, selling assets for cash, that's no problem at all. It's not going to be a big bankrolling item unless you pretty much are getting ready to sell your company. But you can raise some money that way. That's one of the that's one of the boring ones here, Adam. Well, for one of the, the the ones that's not as tangible in terms of assets, Jack, you can look at factoring. Okay, and what factoring is is taking your accounts receivable, so that's money that money that other people owe you, and there are folks out there that are that they're called factorers. Right, and people may refer to like maybe even as hard kind of money. It's more expensive money. Or hey, if also and I've got some receivables for like thirty thousand bucks that are, that are good are going to be collected, but I can't wait thirty days to get paid. I'll go to you, Jack, and you'll you'll give me twenty-seven thousand for that. Not too different from you know people will hear about uh, like lottery winners or insurance things, where people will say, "Hey, you have that insurance policy, Jack, and you know it's got value. Yeah, it's got I'll value. Give you discounted uh, funds for it. You got. It. I'll I'll pay it to you now, and so you don't have to wait for that, for that for those payments to come in. Yeah. Factoring is kind of similar to that because they aren't taking a huge risk. They're they're going to come in and take a look at how good those receivables are, and they know that hey, within within thirty days, I'm going to get that thirty grand. I'll give you twenty-seven for that. And you got twenty seven in your pocket now. You're feeling pretty good about that. You may say it's only three thousand dollars, but if you look at you know over the course of thirty days, that's a pretty a pretty sizable percentage. It's you know it's it's that's ten percent of your money that that, that that you're giving away. And if you were to do that every month, all of a sudden that's a hundred plus percent of your money. It's very expensive to do it it's that way. Very expensive. But it, yeah, but yeah. again, for a very certain situations, you know, it can be okay. But it can be a very slippery slope and very dangerous. But it's it, it, it's an avenue to kind of think about. 
And then you got those last two. I want to make sure you get a chance to touch on those, Jack, here in our last couple of minutes. Oh, you the, online, the, the online, online crowdfunding fundraising. Yeah. Sure, like crowdfunding. And uh, your IRAs have not only value for retirement, but you can use them with the change of laws over the last several years to fund active investments. Um, those should be considered and looked at. There's, the, you know, there, there's so many ways to raise money. But you got to get out there and engage and talk and try to be a little creative. And creative doesn't mean wild. Creative is really, quite frankly, common sense. And it's based on much of what we're talking about here is based on relationships. And right along with that, confidence and presentation skills. I mean, picture yourself. You could totally transform yourself into whatever it is you wanted to transform yourself into if you can present and you're confident. All right, Jack, that's uh, the last part of our show here. We wanted to you know, thank you for listening again today. We, you know, we, we appreciate you tuning in every week and, and, and listening to our podcast. If you want to talk to us directly, you can get us when we're not here in the studios by giving us a call at 877-849-0670. Email us at radio at maximumvp.com. If you want to if you miss any part of the show, you can go to wintradio.com, look in their archives section. You can also go to iTunes and download the podcast and leave a review there for us. So if you're having some cash issues or you're looking for some creative ways, I think we gave you some ideas tonight. I'd love to hear from you on that. Uh, see Adam. Adam writes big checks. So that's right. see Adam with your cash There you go. Big, big piles of cash coming. So, all right. So learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com.